Our first reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, the first chapter. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons and said, Friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed two. Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. People of God, let us read together responsively, whole verse by whole verse, Psalm 1. Happy are they who have not walked in the counsel of the wicked, nor lingered in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seat of the scornful. Their delight is in the law of the Lord, and they meditate on God's teaching day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in due season, with leaves that do not wither. Everything they do shall prosper. It is not so with the wicked. They are like chaff which the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked shall not stand upright when judgment comes, nor the sinner in the counsel of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall be destroyed. Our second reading this morning comes from 1 John, the fifth chapter. If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has testified to his son. Those who believe in the son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his own son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. And whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God. So that you may know that you have eternal life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel this morning according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus prayed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. 
I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost, except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. People of God, will you pray with me? Almighty God, plant your truth within our hearts that we may be made holy in it. Raise us up to the calling of your church to share your good news of resurrection life with those who so desperately need to hear it and to draw all people into your holy presence. Guide us in this time of worship and praise that we in turn may be nourished by your many gifts given out for us whom you so love. The gift of your word which guides and leads us and the gift of your spirit which raises us up to new life through Jesus Christ. For these and all the things of our hearts, we lift them before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For the past few weeks, we've heard from John's gospel portions of Jesus's farewell message given to his disciples to prepare them for his departure, which comes in the form of his betrayal, crucifixion and death. Today, we hear a different farewell. Jesus' final moment of private prayer in the garden before his accusers come and whisk him away under the cover of darkness to be tried and executed. Death is at hand. The time is short, and Jesus makes the most of the quiet night by stepping away from his disciples and marking the time in prayer. We can learn a lot from Jesus about the power and the importance and the necessity of a robust prayer life. 
The gospel tells us that all throughout his ministry, as the crowds pressed in and the cries increased, Jesus longed to find an opportunity to take the needs of the people and lift them to God in prayer. No wonder then that as his final moments drew near, he would seek to find a place to take the needs of those around him and lift them up in prayer too. Because this is a personal prayer from the Son to the Father, the pronouns begin to get confusing for us to follow with all the I's and you's and they's and them's. But the short of what Jesus is saying is that he thanks the Father for his disciples and reaffirms that they have heard the good news of the kingdom and are prepared to spread that good news even after Jesus is no longer with them. Once Jesus has been handed over, the disciples will feel alone and confused and uncertain as to what they should do. And their faith will be tested as those who condemn Jesus to death would seek to do the same to them as well. The last thing that Jesus did before he allowed himself to be captured in his final moment of solitude, where he could have done whatever he wanted, was to pray for his disciples. As the world seems to come crashing down around him, he stopped and went off by himself and prayed. Not that he be spared or that his enemies would come to ruin, but that his disciples, the people he called friends, the people whom God had trusted him to love and care for and guard and protect, would be safe and protected continually from the evils of this world, even after Jesus was not around to do it himself. He prayed that they would remain one in spite of all the things that could potentially divide them. He prayed that they be made holy, strengthened and prepared to share the truth of Jesus's life, death and resurrection with the world that would afflict and harm them because of it. And I think what's most remarkable in all of this is that he prayed that they may have joy. The very joy of God made whole and complete in themselves, regardless of everything else that was going on. What a lesson to learn from Jesus about how we might face the hardships of life. The realities of death the uncertainty of tomorrow or the sudden changes that throw us off balance and seem to overwhelm. To spend those moments not in a a frantic panic trying to fix everything ourselves or drowning the sorrows in a numbing denial, but to focus in prayer on the things of most importance. Trusting that the God who raised Jesus from the dead will raise us up too. Because Jesus has advocated for it on our behalf. Jesus prayed that we might be equipped to meet the days ahead with courage, conviction, and determination to spread the good news of his resurrection life.
even in the face of death. God's concern is for you and for I. And for all the good that we can do as God's people joined together in the love of the risen Jesus. And so we learn from Jesus that prayer is not a divine suggestion box or a magical spell summoning up whatever we wish because we ask nicely for it. Instead, we learn from Jesus that prayer is a gift for God's people, drawing us closer in unity with the God who promises to hear our prayer, closer with those for whom God calls us to love and pray for. We learn from Jesus that prayer is God's power working in the world by enlivening God's people to be God's holy ones, devoted to the ministry of Jesus's body and the proclamation of his resurrection life. We learn from Jesus that unity among God's people is nothing to take for granted and it is not wishful thinking but it is something to be celebrated. That even as we are scattered by the torches of approaching guards or the distance in our daily walk, Jesus is with us, making us one with one another, even in our isolation. We learn from Jesus that even as our own lives are coming to an end, God has given us a group of people surrounding us with their prayers, trusting that in prayer, the Spirit stirs us to action, sharing God's resurrection life, which has been entrusted to us. We learn from Jesus that even as he awaited his own crucifixion, his passion for those whom God gave him, You and I who are called his disciples, even today, that passion for them did not waver. And it was poured out that we might be made holy in God's truth. Set apart by God to proclaim the resurrection life with the words of our mouths, the works of our hands, and the prayers of our hearts. When you feel lost and alone, Remember that through the waters of baptism, God has opened a new way for us to find our way back onto the path, calling us to a table where we share a meal surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. When you feel that life is too much to bear and you're so overwhelmed that you don't even know where to begin, remember that Jesus lives now for you. And in the moment of his life where the weight of the world hung on his shoulders, he offered to take your burdens too so that you might be preserved in this world and not overtaken by it. Remember that it was God who has started us on this great journey. That it is God who goes with us through each and every turn of it. And that it is God who is our ending, our victory, and our joy, now and forever. Amen.